0: whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know, it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day, and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Halo, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast we talk all things Halo and all-encompassing everything, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back, especially today. Why? That's because Alex has joined us back. That's right. I'm Joshua. There's Brian. Hello let's there. Let's give a round of applause for Alex. Alex, welcome back. Hello Happy there. birthday,
0: Carl's style. Yay! <laughs> I thought maybe if I did it, Alex would feel like he couldn't do it.
2: Absolutely nope, he's not. Like,
1: uh, not creative you know. <laughs> enough to come up with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's classic. Really. I love it. When I watched Revenge of the Sith recently, I immediately thought of you the, the, the moment he jumps down there and says that. I was like, that's Alex's line. Can you imagine anyone who listens to the Sacred Icon podcast
0: who hates Star Wars but loves Halo? <laughs> Think how much how irritating we must be because we mentioned <laughs> You're in Star Wars at least once. Well, oh, they've
2: got that guest on again who says that
1: line. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> that exactly. Uh. Ah, so, just Josh, where are, we, where are we headed next? Uh, yeah, we guys,
1: we are resuming our sort of announcement sort of section where I kind of run these guys through, and we kind of just chat about every announcement as it was coming out, uh, working up to the release of Halo 4 in November. So we left off in March of 2012. So we'll kick things right off right now. Uh, on March 9th, 2012, Halo website... Uh, the IGN, this was posted. In an FAQ on the game's official site, 343 revealed that the development team would need to sp- need to be split in order to plan a public beta test, and one isn't in the works as a result. They said, "We, while we are testing Halo 4 code, gameplay, and systems at significant scale to get excellent data, input, and feedback, we are focused on polishing and shipping our experience for the duration of the year and splitting resources to manage and build a beta is not on our schedule." Did you guys care that we weren't getting a beta? Was there high expectations for that? In the sense that uh, you know, we'd gotten one for
2: Halo 3, we'd gotten one for Reach. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like, oh yeah, can't wait for the next one. <laughs> um But uh, you know, knowing the context now of sort of what was going on at the studio in terms of, you know, flying by the seat of their pants while recruiting all these people and everything, they probably yeah. didn't have the time and resources to do so.
0: it. Right. Uh, I think it's probably, uh yeah. It's really kind of interesting. You can kind of see how the history works out here. Like Halo 3 and Reach had a beta, but not early enough to vastly change those games. And then you had Halo 4, which had no beta, and the most criticized part of the game was the multiplayer. So then with Halo 5, you had the extreme difference of here's the beta like a year before the game launches where Mm. we can make massive changes if need be. That's a good point, Brian. And then now, I think we've kind of wrapped back around to maybe the the bungee style. It, it seems with Infinite, where the team's pretty confident in what they want to do. They're not giving us a beta a year in advance, but it looks like we're going to have flighting to help out in the same way as a beta, but not massively change the uh, how the game plays. Um, which it's I think it's good. not like
2: they've got ten years of feedback to uh, to work from or anything, right? Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I think I I think I appreciate where they're at now the most because. With Halo 4, it seems clear that, like, okay, maybe you could use a little more feedback. But then with Halo 5, it seemed like, you know, we care so much about getting this right and, and appealing to the hardcore competitive crowd mm. that they, they leaned... You know, in one sense, I want to say great job because Halo 5 multiplayer is phenomenal and it is competitive, but they leaned so hard into making sure they got that right and appealing to what the competitive crowd wanted. I think there's a large... Uh, amount of people who felt left out by Halo 5's multiplayer being a little more sweaty and competitive and a little less fun and inventive like
1: prior Halos. Yeah, definitely fair. I just picture somebody like out there just reading that there's gonna be no beta and they're like, no! <laughs> just completely devastated and like, something's wrong at 343. They would be doing a beta if everything was okay. Well, do, you, do you guys, I'll say,
0: to, to go on this a little bit, like, do you guys remember when betas actually were like a big deal? And they weren't just, I'm not saying this for Halo necessarily, but like betas now have become like just a marketing tactic more than an actual, you know, back. They're
2: more like a sort of server stress test kind of thing. Yeah. uh, More often than that.
0: Because I remember like when Halo 3 had a beta, it was like, holy crap, this is crazy. And then. You know, I wanted to be a part of betas from there on out, and it got to the point where oh,
2: I got a copy of this Crackdown game with my copy of Halo. Say, 3 that's beta. the most attention I've ever
0: gave to <laughs> exactly. Crackdown.
1: Well, I guess that's it, not true, but it was. It
0: got fun. it got to a point like <laughs> a few years after Halo Three, when I was playing my sixth or seventh beta for a game, and I went, you know what? Mm. This is just standard part of the course anymore. This isn't a special thing. I don't I don't need because for a while I was like, I need to play the beta because it's so unique and so interesting. Even if it was like Battlefield. Three had a beta, which I didn't even care about the game, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta be in that because it's the beta.
2: Yeah, I was much the same. I'd just try and get into any one that I could because it, it was like something you look forward. Yeah. to back then,
0: certainly,
1: it was an healthy thing. I remember doing that for Modern Warfare when it was about to come out, and that was like awesome at the time to get in there. I got some like, I can't remember how I had to sign up, but I went through this process and I got in, and I was able to get like one or two other friends in with codes, and I felt so. Fortunate like it was it was this like secret society of gamers that got to experience this I got like some backstage pass or something. Yeah, it was awesome.
2: I think the last one I did was the uh, the alpha for anthem back mm. in when Ooh. That was happening. That was at
0: the height of the Ooh, game's popularity <laughs> <laughs> I mean Yeah, before, before it, it Yeah, before it shipped.
1: Oof Big oof. Um March 21st, YouTube, they, uh, on Halo, uh, Halo's a YouTube account, they uh, released a video, Working at 343 Industries. I don't know if you guys remember this one at all, but I just wanted to say, like, pretty much the whole concept was everyone just talking about how cool it was to work there, and I mean, I know a lot of places kind of can do that, and they can feel kind of fake, but it seemed like there was generally positive vibes and they, they, I remember them talking about leaving work feeling like jazzed and, and wanting Mm. others to come for halo, but stay for like that kind of feel and vibe the company had. Do you guys remember that video?
2: Yeah. What was interesting about this one was they showed this in cinemas. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. I I I went to go see, I went to go see Prometheus. Um, and as I was sat down, like, oh, looking forward to this cool, you know, sci-fi film of, um, following on aliens. Uh, this showed at the cinema. I was like, "Holy shit! I just watched something Halo on on the big yeah. screen." <laughs>
1: well, what?
2: Um, yeah, there were two versions. There's one which has got this epic voiceover about how cool it is, and then <laughs> I don't think I saw that, one. <laughs> that one's It's on YouTube. Them. You should look it up. Oh, I'll send shit. you the link. Uh, okay. And then there's one which is just the music, which is just one one seven playing. Um, mm. We got the one with the voiceover, <laughs> but, but it's yeah. cool. It's got it, it tells you like you know. Um, uh, it, it very artistically illustrates sort of the roles that people have—the the artists, cinematic designers, and everything. Um, yeah, and it's sort of a really nice distillation in in two minutes of saying this is why it's cool to work in the game industry.
0: Uh, I th- I think it makes sense. There was a lot of uh, excitement and passion there because this was something that was kind of hadn't been done a lot. There, the the IP predated the studio created to make it. You know, mm. um, these people came there to work on Halo, they were fans of Halo. Where that's starting to become I feel like now correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Alex you'll probably know if I'm if I'm off here, but I feel like it's mostly become a Microsoft thing to to create a studio to handle an IP that already exists. Because we got a perfect dark studio, a gear studio, a Halo studio. Yeah. I don't really notice because I 'cause I don't think when I think of like Sony or, or Nintendo, you know, they kind of they either had the studio that handles multiple IPs or you know, like obviously Nintendo's just like been doing Mario and Zelda for forever. Mm. Um, but Microsoft's like, let's take our IP and let's build a studio for it. So I don't know. I, I absolutely. It's. I mean, ultimately, I would say it's a net positive because I think I think every I think I could speak for everyone here when our all of our net positives for Gears and Halo with three four three and Coalition has been more good mm. than bad.
1: Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm happier to have that stuff than I'm not. I still need to experience Gears Five, but when I've seen like High Buster screenshots and footage, I'm like, "Holy shit! So this one. looks like the best game out there visually." But
0: once it, once again, I get to be I get to be in uh, Alex's camp of like we like Gears Four more, where I feel like the average person <laughs> yes. likes Five more than Four.
1: So well, I can't wait to experience that because then we'll have to talk about yeah, it for sure. But I got to work my way up through it. I got I want to go through it chronologically because I've never played Judgment, which I know everyone's like. But I still want to experience it. But then I also have never played Rom Shadow.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't want to experience. Oh
1: wow, that, that is yeah, pretty good.
0: good uh, yeah, my only complaint with Gears Four really is that is there's just a little too much time spent fighting the DBs. That's the only thing that really kind of mm.
1: DBs. Me. I love the name of that though. <laughs> oh man. But anyways, Halo. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> April fifth, uh, the May cover of Game Informer was revealed to be Halo Four. Uh, They said at long last we can pull back the curtain on a world exclusive look at Halo 4. This 14 page cover story is stuffed full of details on the new game, including information on where the story is going, hands on impressions of multiplayer and Intel on the surprising new approach governing every aspect of Halo's multiplayer experience. I just wanted to plug a couple things from here. Uh, In particular, this is where we get our first announcements of like Spartan Ops. They said adding to the Infinity experience is Spartan Ops, a separate story centric campaign for four players. It presents objective-based missions and cinematics, both of which will be added weekly to expand on Spartan Ops' story. These updates will happen for months following Halo 4's release to hold players' attention long-term. Spartan Ops replaces Firefight, which won't have its own dedicated mode this time around. When you guys first heard about this, like before, like if you can strip back kind of what we know... What did you kind of – was it pretty much what you visualized it being or did you imagine it being something different? Uh, Alex is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because
2: I was an absolute idiot back then. Um,
1: when they announced Spartan Ops and they were like,
2: oh, weekly episodes. Of course, being I think like 16, 17 at the time, I was like, oh, this means that you know, for years they're going to be releasing you know new episodes weekly of Spartan Ops. Mm-hmm. uh and they obviously just don't have the time resources nobody's got the time and resources to do that kind of thing <laughs> i thought oh yeah by the time we get to halo 5 we'll have like 800 episodes i worked all the math out <laughs> that would be of gr- course we won't no.
1: <laughs> what about you braun what'd you think uh, well of i'll this, probably like this is a concept I'm
0: probably kind of in a weird camp where like uh 800 i love that uh I'm probably in a weird camp where like odst Firefight, I adored it so much. I loved it so much. And then I got Reach, and I wasn't really disappointed with Reach. I really enjoyed Reach, but uh, Reach's Firefight didn't hit the same note for me as the ODST Firefight. Um, Same. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably plenty of people that could debate me to say that, you know, Brian, they're relatively the same thing, but sometimes it's just hard to explain why to me it just didn't feel similar at all.
2: I think Reach is very sort of arcadey, whereas um, ODST is very strategic. You know, you you, you adopt certain roles in ODST where it's like, okay, so you, you need to be on plasma and you, you know, we need to get in headshots, somebody go get the heavy weapons. And there's no class system in ODST. It's an emergent part of Mm -hmm. the gameplay Mm -hmm. where you, you know, you have this end goal, which is probably unlocking Recon, (laughs) Recon armor in Halo 3. So you've (laughs) got to get that vidmaster and dual achievement. Yeah. Uh, so you just very quickly split off into right. This is what we're gonna do, and I feel there's there's a feeling there which just isn't in reach.
0: Hundred percent. See, I said I couldn't put it into words, and then Alex is like, "Well, let me." Um, <laughs> Got it. Because because he's right. I mean, he's right. Like uh, you know. I think further even, like, Gears of War games, like, had assigned roles, and that. but to me, the thing that was so neat about ODST was, even if you're you a noob and your roles were garbage, it was still neat to be like, okay, you're going to cover this door, and I'm going to be up top sniping, and it just, like, you had the freedom to choose how you were going to tackle the situation. So, when Spartan Ops was announced for Halo 4, not in a negative way, but I was like, okay, well, I'm excited for Spartan Ops because I don't really want more of Reach's firefight. It didn't really work mm. for me, so... Um, and then, of course, I don't, I don't think we're really getting there yet. But Spartan Ops was a mixed bag for me of, of excitement, joy, and a little bit of letdown. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I'm happy that it exists.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, they said make new mistakes oh, is what I always say, right?
0: Yeah. And, yeah than the and same and I agree ones. with that. I
1: definitely <laughs> agree with that. So yeah. Uh, another interesting change to Halo Four is loadouts. Rather than everyone rolling out with the same weapons online, players bring customized gear into battle. Everyone packs a primary and secondary weapon. Armor abilities including active camo, jetpack, hologram, a grenade type, uh, plasma grenade still being unconfirmed at the time. They said weapons still appear around the map, of course, but they appear in random spots via drop pods. And another interesting minor tweak, the respawn in Team Slayer is instantaneous rather than reliant on a clock. What did you guys think of that? Because I feel like that could, have, that could have given some people maybe like a reservations perhaps this yeah, is this different is
2: where i was given some pause because i don't like armor abilities and they were keeping armor abilities thankfully they removed armor lock of course which was uh, which was good <laughs> but uh, i was very much hoping for a return to to halo 3 style of play which is really funny because you know that's just kind of like the discourse now um, yeah but i was interested to see where they'd go with it because uh, and i mean having played it now obviously like so much you know I, it's fine could have been a lot worse, <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think they uh, they they didn't do the instant respawn in the end, as I recall. They no. they keep that as an option, but I think you do okay. still have like a three second countdown uh, to respawn, which isn't very long, of course. I think it's longer in, in the other games, but uh, yeah, it was kind of the first moment it was like, hmm, okay, let's see what they do what they do with this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting how honestly my perspective has changed quite a bit over time because. See, I'm just I'm a I'm not a competitive person. I really enjoy campaigns. So for when I played Reach, I really enjoyed the armor abilities. Um, when I played Halo three back in the day, I kinda thought I, I wasn't a huge fan of equipment, but I think mainly that's because, you know, I was watching those trailers of Master Chief using the bubble shield, and then in game it was like he just lopsides it out the side there's no like Animation. Every time I did it in my head, I was still literally doing what. Yeah, but like you know the.
1: the, I was looking um like a badass. The equipment
0: seems so now. I mean, so basically, what I'm trying to get to is that for years I was a person who thought equipment was better, or um, I'm sorry, armor abilities was better than equipment, and I had lots of people telling me, including Josh and and our friend Justin, saying, you know, equipment was better, equipment worked, equipment worked better, and I was I would always be like, and I think I had a good point, but I think it was also missing the point. My point was that. Um, armor abilities was done. It seemed like more time and effort went into them, uh, their animations, the way they worked, their their prominence. I think that's more. It's probably. I think it's probably a fact to say that you know, uh, um, armor. Well, that's, yeah, I think that's. Well, armor weird. abilities were more prominent to the gameplay. That's that's the issue mm-hmm. that people had was that they were yeah. so prominent. So. So for me, in being a, more of a casual multiplayer person, I thought, okay, well, I like armor abilities more because they, they matter more. There are more times put into them. But then the narrative became, well, at least with equipment, it was this kind of like a third pillar that you could use, but it also didn't hurt the gameplay. And then, uh, of course, when Halo 5 came out, uh, they they did it; they chose to go about it a different way where it's like, well, everybody has abilities, but they all have them at all times, so it feels... Nice middle ground. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed that. And when I played Halo 5, I was like, okay, I like Halo 5's way about it more than Reaches or 4's. And then now it seems like we're kind of circling back around to Halo 3 with Infinite as far as, you know, we're going to have equipment that um, hopefully affects both sides when you use it, and, and it doesn't... Um, it doesn't hurt the, the competitive nature. We can pop, um, we can pop some tires now,
1: which sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah so
2: <laughs> it's the interactivity of it all that's so like appealing. Because uh, I'm sure you saw the the clip from Mint Blitz a few months ago where. Uh, that he's on Santa yeah. somebody throws down the bubble shield and he just throws a graph lift into the bubble shield which lifts up <laughs> and he shoots him in the head with the sniper. I'm like, that's it. That that's that's halo distilled into ten seconds. That was <laughs> how fun yeah. this series is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there was um you know, I don't know if it was by intent or by luck, but Bungie had a way of introducing something like that to where it added this fun element, but it didn't really hurt the the gameplay, you know? Which was
1: really neat. You know, I I have to say, as much as I really love Halo Five's multiplayer, I definitely I see the side more now that it wasn't it didn't it wasn't really forgiving for casual players. And when I think back to stuff like Halo Three, as we're talking about, and some of the Halo Four stuff, I'm like, I think it is kind of good in a way. I guess, objectively speaking, I think it's good to try to get back to something of that ground because. I, I was. People found a way to be competitive through that, like just mm-hmm. through it being organically what it was. People just found their competitive sense rather than like okay, like in five we were going to right. right? Yeah, you know, as we said it. Yeah, people finding yeah. controls. I, I mentioned it yeah. Yeah. rather than just kind of like forcing it out from the get-go. Like this is going to. happen. Yeah, I, I mentioned on the nature. podcast
0: before. It? But I, when Halo Three was like new, I, I was. Um, I went to school with somebody who was like number one in the state for Halo Three competitive or something. And Ooh, so for shit. fun, nice. I versed him online, just one v one, and it was to, it was on Sandtrap, and it was one to fifty. And don't get me wrong, this is nothing like Mint Blitz's thing, and I suck at the game. But um, we <laughs> played, and he was like, he had thirty kills on me. I didn't have a single kill. And you know, Halo Three is still relatively new, so you know the equipment and stuff's new. Well, he was ru- he was running around, or flying around in the Hornet, just killing me like nonstop. Well, I went into one of those little like kind of pyramid places in Sandtrap, and i i picked up i had a power drain no i had a grav lift on me and then there was also a power drainer nearby and he was circling the pyramid that i was in there hiding from him so i put down a grav lift through the power drainer at the grav lift it went up disabled this hornet and then he fell to the ground and i stuck a plasma and killed him and it was this most badass... Very nice line. It, I lost with a 1 one to 50. He had 50 kills. I had one. <laughs> but it was just like... Your
2: kill was better than oh, any
0: of his. It was such a badass yeah, kill. And I'm like, man. Place. You know, you hear about like grapple shotting banshees and stuff. And, and just all this, these emergent ways of gameplay in Infinite. And it just gets me excited, you know?
2: One of my favorite memories on uh, on, on Soundtrap again is... Um, I was up by the sort of the, the left side structure where, where one of the elephants yeah. is, where the trip mine spawns. And yeah. this banshee coming towards me, I'm thinking, you know, oh God, you know, th- this is the end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
2: and so what I do is just like this random, you know, I'll throw the trip mine out. The trip mine sails right past the banshee. But at the same time, I oh, hit oh, the shit. trigger. And I shot the tripwire oh. as it flying as it flies through the air, and it literally yeah. blew up the Banshee like, right over my over Oh, my
0: head. that's amazing! I was like, oh, yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Best
1: kill ever. <laughs> that's that's badass. Oh shit, man, that makes me nostalgic for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for Infinite, man. Uh, yeah, speaking of a uh, more multiplayer, they said. Oh, and since Chief vanished, Spartans have since learned to run. Sprinting is an innate ability in everyone. Players can also use Forerunner Vision to peek through walls, Batman style. The X-Ray Vision Upgrade is an armor ability you'll equip. Other abilities are uh, unlockable via Spartan Points, the the currency fueling the in-game economy. Points unlock additional ops missions, armor abilities, and cosmetic upgrades. We don't have to talk about Sprint long. That's been done to death in the community (laughs) over the years. But initially, for you guys personally, um, were you guys actually excited for this in terms of just where uh, the games were going at the time? Or or were you like, "Mm." do you have some reservations? Sounded a bit different, which I was kind of in for, you know, sprint becoming an innate ability was like, okay,
2: yeah. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's see how they do that. Because I really hated in reach having to choose between moving faster and uh, having, you know, various other abilities, but being yeah much slower. Because they've reduced the base movement speed anyway, in reach from what it was in Halo 3. So it just feels like you're really slugging along mm. <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> uh, and they, they, beefed that up a bit more in, in four, which I which I was happy about. Uh stuff like the you know Promethean Vision as it eventually came to be known. was like, yeah, cool. Let's let's
1: see what they do with it. It sounds different. Yeah. I actually liked Promethean Vision a lot. Yeah, I actually when use I...
2: it a lot more now on, on Halo 4, just for those quick sort of like three second peeps to, to get a sense yep. of where people are.
0: Uh two, yeah yeah we'll two things it. I want to say. One, um and of course I, I know plenty of people listening probably like Brian you're missing the point here, but like with the whole the, thing, the whole thing with Sprint, I feel like in 2007, you know, which was the year Halo 3 and Modern Warfare came out, um, it wasn't so common that every first-person shooter would have a sprint, a dedicated sprint button. Mm-hmm. So the the conversation seemed to be much more warranted back then as to games that didn't have sprint, getting it, you know, like Halo Reach, pseudo having it, Halo 4 having it, Halo 5 having it. But my thing is, is that so like what I'm saying is the argument made a lot more sense back then. But to me, you know, we're in 2021. Um, Modern Warfare, which blew up and, and surpassed Halo and, and players, that was literally almost 14 years ago. I, I feel like we've moved, and I know this is just an opinion, but I feel like we've moved past the point of Sprint being a, a, like an add-on feature that's contested and being more like this is how the that genre has evolved. Many people
1: on the internet would say otherwise. They would really Yeah, well, to I'm not saying them. there's
0: not a place <laughs> to have a game without Sprint. I'm just no, saying I, it's, I, I, it's I, I so intertwined agree. with the genre that it doesn't really it's not much so much a conversation for me anymore. I've just kind of accepted that it's it's
1: here. Well when I okay when I anytime I play Halo 4 story, I use the shit out of Sprint. I mean there's so many times I've had a vehicle like blow up far away from where I'm supposed to be getting to and then I'm just like lugging it there after I've killed everyone and I'm like, wow this is so refreshing compared to all the times I wasn't able to do this in other Halo games. And then when I played multiplayer, I used to tell you—I used to tell Brian all the time I used to be like... Sprint was sort of the face of what killed Halo to me. And I was so wrong about that. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I played that multiplayer, I'm like... I mean, I use it and a part of me is like, oh, I wish it wasn't there in its natural state before they kind of like... Well, to be fair, Josh, stuff, you but said but
0: that during Reach and 4 where 5 makes a very...
1: Did I? Because yeah. well, I don't remember no, playing... You made a very good team. See, by the time we got to play re, or I'm sorry, 4... I don't I think I actually got more multiplayer time in that than I did with Reach.
0: But so but but if you it, remember I, I before a... five was shown off, you wanted there to be no sprint and then five convinced
1: you oh that yeah that Sprint was no, you're right. great. You're right. I'm just saying like in hindsight now I'm like that was kinda and wrong. Yeah, just to just to put a cap on that. Off Halo since we don't want to make a whole episode about Sprint, I think
0: obviously no. obviously <laughs> there's, there's valid it's valid to say you, you don't want Sprint. Um, I will admit that sprint changes gameplay. I think, in some sense, that's a fact, right? I mean, of course, it does.
1: Right, everything changes, again, yeah, one way or another. Of course. Well, I loved Halo Five. Did so, it perfectly, I thought. So yeah, if
0: you don't like it, that's fine. I just, I just think for, I guess, just for me, it just feels like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It kind of feels like a thing that's.
2: I can take it or leave it. Same. You know? Same. The, uh, the other thing I, I like say, games with it. I like games without it. The other thing I want
0: to say, Josh, I think we all kind of skipped mentioning because you brought it up and then none of us touched on it. Was uh, yeah, you had like you had like your your signed loadouts in Halo Four multiplayer, where you're like, oh, I, I have a DMR and a, uh, uh, I have an ability that lets me hold, hold the DMR and a battle rifle. Um, I have a thruster pack thing. So, um, I was just say for me as a as a filthy casual multiplayer player, um, I kind of enjoyed it, but then I also felt like very short like a very short amount of time into the multiplayer, it almost seemed like a moot point to have the the the
1: choose your own
0: specs because
1: it, 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 in your guys' opinion, I mean, do you do you look at Halo 4's multiplayer as being something more too casual friendly in that sense, and then Halo Five's being too competitive, or do you think Halo Four doesn't kind of fit somewhere in the middle?
2: I just tend to think like Halo Four, big team battle, I played the shit out of yeah. that when that came up <laughs> and I had a great time and I'm still playing it <laughs> on the master chief collection today and I'm still loving it. And then I go to halo five and I'm like, yeah, I, I get more of the kind of competitive edge. You know, I don't feel like I can just sort of jump in quite as easily as I used to, but uh, I do really enjoy kind of, you know, sitting down, leaning forward, just like, all right, let's get this next kill. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, for me, it doesn't feel like, it. it doesn't feel like halo four. Okay. Two things you commonly hear by the four. It's too casual. Or it's a cod clone. I don't agree with either. I but my biggest complaint is that I would say Halo 4's changes it changed what you come to expect of a Halo multiplayer enough to fairly disrupt fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's enough of a complaint or to right there to make changes. You
1: know? So. Sure. No, I can see that. I I think I think I actually enjoyed. The look. That's what's weird, man. I think I, when I played Halo 4's multiplayer at my peak of it. I think I actually kind of enjoyed that stuff, using all the Promethean visions, and I could start out with that stuff. It was, it was fine, but I think my vision was skewed on that because when I, when I was playing Halo Two and Three in their prime, I was so young I didn't grasp like, oh, we need to push like top mid or we need to go like over here and grab rockets. I just ran out there and was trying to get the you know as many kills as possible and not die. So when that was a thing, it wasn't. In, honestly, it wasn't until Halo 5's multiplayer where I realized like this is. The way they sort of form you, uh, form your kind of characters and, and your objectives and stuff is stuff I, I probably should have been doing when I was younger. I just didn't have the foresight. And Plus, I didn't. Isn't care. it
0: so odd how like, you, despite you know issues with Halo 4's multiplayer, it's still kind of maintained that um, you can come in to play it competitively. You can come in to play it for fun, and all modes kind of service each other well. Big team battle, four v four, one v one, where you get to Halo Five, and it's like. They got this competitive four V four down so it feels like it's fine tuned <laughs> to perfection. But yeah. then when you start to expand that into all the other modes and ways that people like to play multiplayer, Halo Five kinda falls apart a little bit as opposed to the, mm. the prior games.
2: The big team just isn't the same in, in five as it is in like three and no. four. Yeah. No. Still good, um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's still that unique offering that Halo has, which I think a lot of games just you know they don't capture in quite that same way. It's, it's kind of, but
0: uh, yeah, it's isn't it interesting how like I think I think Alex would agree with me for sure. Josh might as well. Like when I when I think of the Master Chief Collection, like I feel like Four Halo Four slots in there really well as a part of mm-hmm. that, as a part of the franchise, as a part of evolution of, of how things progressed. Everything the story, the it's all it just very much slots yeah. in there, and then you see whether it's on purpose or not you see how like halo 5's kind of been like this uh, red-headed stepchild kind of off to the <laughs> side despite despite all of us here liking halo 5 for for different reasons despite mm. um, complaints so it's just weird that like it's cool that 343 came into the game and made a a, a halo that fits so well with the series legacy and it, it it really just worked, and it was a good continuation. And then well, let's, there's, there's, let's, their second effort is the one that kind of got out of the loop, I guess you could say. Mm.
1: Well, that's what I liked about Halo Four initially. Like before Five had come out, Four was like the redheaded stepchild. It felt like because of the feedback. <laughs> and then, then when they have for it, <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, when they announced the Master Chief Collection to have Four included, for me, I was like, okay, I'm actually like really, really excited to really play through this again with like a. Uh, new eyes and the fact that they're including it but not like it's not like they're being like hey this is our baby here's the bungee stuff but we're gonna make you know like we're gonna make the box art like Halo 4 themed ish or something like they didn't force any of that they didn't they just let it be a part of it organically and I, I think through me kind of just getting to work my way up to that through the campaigns it was like this is really fun to go from halo 3 to, to you jungle. would not it's believe really if- interesting to watch people play through it all for the first time and they come to
2: halo 4 and it really does feel like a natural kind of ending to that experience you know when you get to that to the end of that campaign where cortana you know sacrifices herself and the chief is just left with his armor sort of being prized off him there's a real sense of resolution in the experience
1: you've had going from one to four
0: yeah i i 100 agree um yeah, go ahead josh take us forward
1: Oh, okay. No, I was going to say, if you don't have... I had
0: something to say, say, but then I completely... Sorry. It skipped past me. It's so. oh, completely <laughs> spaced? All right.
1: <laughs> well, uh, if you come back to it, let it, just cut in any time. April 11th, they had the big doc, Composing Worlds. Mm. Neil Davidge and Kazuma Jinochi are revealed as the composers for Halo 4. Davidge, uh, correct. And this was around the... Is it Davidge? What's Davidge? Davidge, Davidge? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm just making just sure we Neil. get it
0: right with Alex in here, the just... guy who met met him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Um, uh, two quotes from this, and then I want to I got to pick Alex's brain so you guys can hear the story. Um, Neil said two things I thought was interesting. He said it's intimidating to follow Marty's score. I think I can bring something fresh to the game. He also said it's not a revolution; it's an evolution of the past Halo scores. Mm. Alex, did you get to meet him? I did, I did, yes, back when, you know,
2: meeting people was a thing that we could do.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, um,
2: that's not a thing anymore. Uh, what was it, 2019, yeah? Uh, that was the seventh anniversary of Halo 4, gosh. Um, I'd written a piece about the music specifically because uh, it's my favourite soundtrack in the series, of course. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that's sort of, goes into it in a storytelling kind of sense, you know, both in the sense of how it's used to support various moments in the game, like giving the chief his own sort of unique theme, which plays at like certain parts throughout the game, um, right down to the chanting in the Didax theme, which is reminiscent of uh, a scene in the Forerunner books where chanting is used to unlock his cryptum uh, from Chakus and Riser um mm-hmm. when when they awaken him in that so there's just like a lot of like layers which, should, which you know listening to it, i think this is somebody who is like a big fan of the series who is making the music um, i think
1: he said in that he had played i think he had played them yeah or something like that
2: <laughs> when yeah. i spoke to him yeah he said uh, played all the games that like, multiple times i read all every book that i could find anything and everything to do with with halo um so that that was just really nice because, you know, whenever somebody comes in, you just think, like, you know, what's their kind of familiarity with this series? And it obviously pays to have somebody who kind of knows very little about it sometimes. Uh, so they have that kind of fresh perspective. But uh, I think oh, with definitely. the kind of pressure that Forbes was under, you did kind of want some of that, like, in-depth familiarity because that's what 343 was going with. You know, this um, this is going to be a much kind of deeper narrative kind of experience. So I wrote that. And I thought, I wonder, nah, 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 I shouldn't, but I will. I just sort of <laughs> shot, it, shot it over to Neil on, on Facebook <laughs> and, uh, and he read it and he was like, yeah, so, uh, I'm in London, uh, tomorrow, uh, just doing a talk about, um, the, this project I worked on with the BBC and NASA for the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Cause I did the music for that. So we should, we should meet up and have a chat
0: man so did away, you, that's did you how it yeah. that's amazing continue yeah.
2: uh so i i had work the next day and i said to my bosses that look <laughs> this is this has come up
1: i'm not passing this up <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: so they agreed that i would uh, i'd get to finish early finish at three o'clock that day immediately went to go get the train down to london and i got to spend an evening with neil davidge
1: Alex were you nervous or just like straight up excited?
2: There was you this feel? there was this moment where I was like stood outside the uh, the door to the to the hall where he was doing he's going to be doing his lecture. I just like screenshotted him because I saw him like you know just in the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it sent it to a couple of people. <laughs> i was like that's him he's right there
0: <laughs> that's so cool there is I mean, that, that
2: kind th- of you know that rising swell of like oh god you know <laughs> you th- you think when you're like going there like oh i'll there... just talk like a normal person it'll be
0: fine is there a more perfect scenario than writing that article and then it ends with you meeting him i mean come on right like within
2: 24 hours
0: <laughs> very nice guy yeah i assume
2: very nice yeah you know they say never meet your heroes well you know a lot of the heroes that i've met over the years have been really nice people which are, which is like good to say um he was he he was very like you know interested and passionate to talk about this project that you know was like seven years past him you know he, he hadn't worked on five or anything um but you know he said that if he was ever asked back you know it was a difficult process but uh he said that he absolutely loved it and if they ever asked him back he'd go back in a
1: heartbeat did he, did he did he share any of his You guys heard it on Sacred Icon, man. That is awesome. Did, did he share any <laughs> oh, of his um,
0: like history with the franchise or was he a fan of the games prior? Or?
2: Yeah, so when he used to work with uh, Massive Attack and that back in the uh, you know basically from their inception um when they were like waiting to do gigs and that every time they weren't doing something they would just go in they'd be playing halo they'd be, they'd be going through the campaign <laughs> together nice. they'd be like shooting each other up on blood gulch uh coagulation you know the experience that we all had right
1: yeah um yeah. so th- that was just really cool to learn when cool. you when you left that how are you feeling do you have like this sense of like highness <laughs> like this euphoria of like i just met him and it went amazing yeah it was uh it was like it was strengthened
2: by the fact that I hadn't had dinner <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd sacrificed having a meal so that I could just, you know, I, I was in that room for a good like three hours or so, and I was like, "Oh, that just happened, <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude." That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, to hear that. Wow, and it's funny how.
0: See, on one hand, I have the benefit of some. I'm, I'm somebody who always liked Halo 4's soundtrack. I know a lot of people didn't or were upset with it because it wasn't Marty. I always liked it, um, but it's funny how hindsight works. And I think I think a lot of times it's well. I think always it's it's better to admit to ourselves that we were wrong about something later than to double down on. Just something we don't even believe anymore, um, because despite me really enjoying Halo Four soundtrack, when Halo Five started kicking up and they started talking about how they're going to try to get back to more familiar themes and sound closer to Marty's work, I was I was somebody in you know the audience going, okay, yeah, this is what we need to do. Like, yeah, this is right. This is this is definitely what you do. We need to get back to how it sounded. Um, this is definitely going to be better than Halo Four soundtrack just because it is going to sound more familiar. When I was completely oblivious to the fact. That reach and ODST already had soundtracks that didn't sound anything like the trilogy mm-hmm. prior, yet you know just because it was the same people doing the music, I I just they get you just accept they got a free pass. But you know now when you look at it retrospectively, it's like if you see four as another, and of course I guess you can make an argument that you know four is a part of the same through line that one through three was. So people might want a more familiar theme, and that's fair. But when I look at four as its original soundtrack, next to things like ODST as its original soundtrack, Reach as its original soundtrack, I adore uh, Halo Four soundtrack, and I I think I think if I could find a way to pry that nostalgia away from me, I could see it being my favorite, like Alex's, because I love it so much. Uh,
2: see, my perspective there is like I've just I've always found it such a weird thing for the fan base to sort of politicize as like a uh, you know as a as an old versus new thing because ultimately what it needs to be is it needs to be music that suits the project mm. you know like the, the the series identity and all that obviously comes into it but that's such a minor part when you're you know sort of articulating the this universe you look back at halo 2 right And uh, you listen to the Mjolnir mix and you've got the ancient, the epic, the monks sound. And then you hand over to Steve Vai for the next three minutes. And you think, this this is like nothing else I'd ever heard. (laughs) I, I wish that, you know, as a fan base, we could collectively go back to hearing that for the first time and realizing this isn't like Halo 1. Yeah, we had rock anthem for saving the world and whatever, but um, but that was only like one track. And then Halo Two is playing like Incubus. It's playing Breaking Benjamin, one of the biggest set piece moments of the entire campaign. It's like yeah, y- series identity, be damned. Do what's cool. Do what's awesome. And you know, do something different and something new that people aren't expecting. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're you're evolving um, that that kind of sound into something into something new. For, for players to enjoy. Isn't,
0: it is really so strange that we politicize that as a fan base because if you look, like just going off what Alex said, you had one, which Halo 1, obviously, completely original, new thing we all got excited about. But then Halo 2 already makes these big changes. Well, then for Halo 3, you hear Marty behind the scenes saying how basically for Halo 3 he wanted to kind of land this plane on a good note, so he kind of used the same things his Greatest hits? What? It's like the
1: greatest hits uh, kind of feel he wanted ex- for. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, kind of greatest hits. Sort he wanted sentences. he wanted to kind of you know use the same things and rework the same things, so that by the time you finish that trilogy, you more or less just feel satisfied hearing the same things. Well, then after that, he does something completely new for Reach and, and ODST, and then it doesn't become an issue until Halo Four. And it's almost it's probably got to do something with that symptom of everyone knowing this is a new developer. So how can we, you know, how can we? Attack that, you know
1: what I mean? I agree though, I completely agree. I think I mean, I wouldn't have said that years ago, but I mean, I 100% feel that way now, like you said, Alex. I think you have to, too many people get stuck in the sphere of you want this Halo almost like a people almost like want a Halo 1.5 in 2021 or Halo 2.5 in 20 or 3, you know, and it's like these things kind of so much time has passed. And you have to stop looking inside the box and kind of, like, open it and let people come in with yeah. their new ideas and stuff and like that. And it's
0: interesting because the, the only soundtrack that, and don't get me wrong, I still really appreciate Five soundtrack and I've really come around to so much of, of Halo 5. But the only soundtrack that ever ever took me out of the experience in any way was fives because there was, there was moments where I was playing, like, the campaign, for instance, and a familiar track would hit or I could play on a familiar track. And I, it just felt to me like they were trying to get that emotion from me in the moment that it was unearned, even yeah. though it was unearned. So,
2: oh, less organic. Yeah, yeah, it does they, feel like yeah. it's trying a bit too hard at times. It, it, it's kind of weird to characterise it like that because obviously, like, I don't think Kazuma and that any of the audio team like we've really got to force this emotion. Mm. But the way it's kind of deployed in the game, yeah, in the context of everything that's happening, it feels kind of that way. And uh, it, it's weird because some of the best sort of parts of the of the tracks just don't play in the game as well. <laughs> like the the second half of Blue Team. Uh, of that track only plays in the credits um that's true and like you you get this kind of swell in the main menu like which leads up to it and then it just like you don't hear it in place. it's like the most emotional track on on the score (laughs) and it just doesn't play anywhere
1: i can't tell you how many times i played with friends and like that part picks up in the main menu and they're like god damn i gotta turn my tv down every (laughs) time because it would get so loud so loud but uh Yeah, on that same day, 343 also released a soundtrack sampler via Halo Waypoint. Pretty cool. Um, Not long after, though, on April 16th, Larry Herb tweeted, Look for Halo 4 news on the way in the next 24 hours. Hint, Team Coco plays a part. Allison Stroll, senior producer, tweeted, A little birdie, or was it Andy? (laughs) Told us Team Coco will have some big Halo 4 news tomorrow. Stay tuned, hashtag incoming, hashtag John. The following day... Um, Conan O'Brien's Halo 4 voiceover remote video was released and uh, in this, just a broad concept for you guys uh, listening, uh, Conan was on there kind of badgering Frank and Kiki um, just being Conan O'Brien and then he and Andy uh, were revealed to have recorded lines for Halo 4 what did you guys think of that stuff that video and just that whole thing super good fun i do want to just quickly pop back to the soundtrack samples
2: which were really oh yeah go for it this was actually part of my experience of getting really excited for the game i'd seen this absolutely um animation somebody had made of this fleet of forerunner like key ships and that just taking off from from this world you know, launching off into space, and uh, like one of them cleaves through this covenant ship as it as it like rises, and it's set to the the music of you know oh, the sample that they'd released. That sounds cool. Fits like perfectly. Just built yeah. in my mind. You know, again that that image that 4 was really going for of, like the ancient, mysterious forerunner world and everything, but reawakened, like you know, coming back sure. to life, and yeah, you know, like picture that every time you reality. hear some of that now. Yeah, definitely. You, yeah. I think it was a mix of uh, awakening and arrival that they used there and i was just like oh this is yeah <laughs> yeah this, this is it. <laughs> just the
1: alex's face right now he's like it's so fucking good it's like that gif of a uh, james franco from spider-man 3 mm. so good
0: <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what do you guys think about the conan uh, oh, I, I watched this, this recording dialogue with i
0: them. watched this live uh when it happened see i made the mistake i'm pretty sure because you, you corrected me an episode or two alex but i thought this was the first time we saw Halo game four gameplay for some reason I must have got it confused with it must have been, maybe it was the first time they showed off Haven the map because I'm pretty sure that was shown off here does that sound right
1: Alex or do you not remember it might have been I can't remember they showed I think like they I think briefly I think showed it in um,
2: the original sort of I think it was March March time so it was basically quite some quite near. It was the first making Halo 4 vidoc.
0: I just was. remember in the Conan episode they had like a small clip of like five seconds of somebody running around on Haven. But anyways, mm. um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know how I went on behind the scenes and maybe it was all part of the show but like it just seemed like, mainly Frank, honestly, just seemed uncomfortable there. Because, you know, Frank is well... I think it's just Conan. Well, you know, Frank is well-spoken, and he's passionate about the universe. And obviously, because it's Conan, that's what you expect from his show, everything was kind of made to be a joke. And I think Kiki kind of rolled with it decently. But, like, mm. I felt like Frank was <laughs> like, you know... Kiki's got a great poke. Yeah, but Frank seemed like, you know, how the hell did I get in this position? <laughs> <laughs> Something I take, I hold so dear, is now being mocked by this red haired buffoon Um,
1: but which I think was before he started doing the clueless gamer stuff like I think when I rewatched this I could kind of see the writing on the wall for some of that because he's like who is the master chief and then they explain all this stuff and he's like what almost like boss dance. you know like, trying to process what the hell all that i guess is. like when you're so, so
2: used to you know you're surrounded by hundreds of people at the studio who are all like very deeply involved in your universe and you've been franchise development director you've been really sort of like pioneering the next couple of years of the story this deep understanding and then you meet somebody who's like what the hell is a master chief
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah like, and then they actually they well. actually show Con- At the time, we didn't know this, what they were showing, but they show Conan the opening with Halsey. Um, and it's, like, blanked out so that the viewer watching Conan can't see it. But he's watching this. Like, you know, for us Halo fans are like, oh, my gosh, what is he watching? I just wish I could see. Is that Halsey? <laughs> yeah, is that Master that. Chief? But, but Conan's just like, oh, you know, he's just making jokes about the scene. And I'm just thinking, like, now I'm probably wrong. For all I know, Frank was having a great time, and he's a huge fan of Conan. But the whole time I'm just picturing Frank go, like, "I want to kill this guy." Like, <laughs> it's just a super serious scene where Halsey talks about, you know, mental emotions of Chief, and you were mocking
1: my baby. <laughs> yeah. Um. On the same day, a press release heralded the return of Master Chief and promises the next installment, aiming to set. Quote, a new standard for blockbuster interactive entertainment, and states that Halo Four will launch worldwide on November sixth, twenty twelve. When you guys first heard the release date, um, I, I think I think it was already confirmed initially that it was going to be coming in twenty twelve. Was that uh, correct? Yeah, I yes. thought so. Yeah, like like when they first showed. Yeah, the because they had the whole trailer, like so. here's Halo One
0: anniversary two thousand eleven, and then next year yeah. Halo Four.
1: So, at this point in time, when pre-orders were still more like a thing physically. I mean, I know they still kind of are, but way more than. Were you guys instantly like, I have to pre-order this right away? Or were you like, cool, this is coming out this year, can't wait. I'll pre-order it later and see if they have any announcements about.
2: See, I'd been burned before with Skyrim when I pre-ordered that. Because um, Game didn't give it to me on release day. They gave it to me the day after. <laughs> I was that in the mail or like it was yeah, it was in the mail. I had to wait I had to wait until Saturday to play it rather than Friday. Sickening. Very excited on that school day to to go back home and play play Skyrim, which I'd hyped myself everyone up else to high heaven it. to to play. And everyone else was, yeah. I looked at my friends list, I was like, Well I am the only one not playing it. That's sad. No. <laughs> so I was like, Oh man, you know, pre ordering is gonna be that's gonna be a nightmare. For, for halo 4 thankfully i had the opposite experience to halo 4 because it arrived a day early
1: Ooh, very nice <laughs> oh shit there you so, go karma coming back around
2: i was the It'd first person way. playing it on my friend's list everyone's like how, was how did you, you get it early your hype
1: was through the roof. <laughs> like my dad works at microsoft
2: yeah uh, there's, there's still like i still have old tweets <laughs> which i which i somebody sent to me um, of like really horrible BlackBerry kind of camera <laughs> footage of oh, me playing uh, on like Forerunner and Requiem that I sent to a friend just to
1: brag that uh, that I was playing <laughs> it and he wasn't. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, April 30th, Variety reports a live-action Halo web series is coming. We already know what this is. Uh, the web series titled Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn represents the largest monetary investment that Microsoft has ever put behind a live action project The details about the plot cast and director to be announced this summer at SDCC it's really funny that they
2: say that and it was only like 10 million dollars (laughs) ultimately yeah right
1: (laughs) the company will be watching the performance of the web series closely hoping that it renews studio interest in a big screen version if you recall back in 2005 Universal and Fox had designs for a blockbuster Halo movie to be produced by Peter Jackson and directed by Neil Blomkamp The purpose of the web series is to, um, as Matt McCloskey, Director of Franchise Business Management at 343-Till Variety, quote, make Halo accessible for people who haven't played the games. We wanted to do something unique from a narrative standpoint that's big in scale. The series will revolve around Master Chief and how he inspired a young UNSC cadet who will eventually become a leader aboard the UNSC Infinity spacecraft with pre-war flashbacks spliced in. It will play out over five weekly installments, each being around 15 minutes in length. Frank and Connor, Franchise Development Director, told Variety we needed a way to ensure there was a way for people to get on board this universe without feeling intimidated. Guys, if you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to our episode talking about Ford Under Dawn. That was a butt-ton of fun. But for you, Brian and Alex, uh, when this was initially announced, if we can go back again, sort of remove what we know of it, how excited were you Super guys? Super excited. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. I think without. it's awesome. I, I wasn't there for that, but I think it's just... I would have been... I, if I had been following this as it was all happening, I think I would have been freaking out in the most excited yeah, way you understand, this possible is the first... This is finally this is happening. the first thing like closest this. we had was lamp. This is the
0: first thing. Because nightfall was like, oh, they're doing the Ford into Dawn thing again. That's what that felt like. Um, Where well, This is the first time this was done. But without rehashing all the stuff we already covered, I mean, basically, I was really excited for it. I enjoyed it a lot. I did not have any um, upsetment or disappointment I just loved it all the way through and as the years have gone on I've only found that project to be better in time and I also despite it only being 10 million you know dollars and being such a relatively small ordeal I can honestly say that if this was if this if that and Nightfall which obviously I don't like Nightfall as much and Alex can make a huge case for Nightfall I we'll have to let him do that sometime We
1: need to, one day we need to
0: get Alex if, on the if we there. only had cool. For in the Dawn and Nightfall as our live action Halo, plus the uh, you know the, the, all the trailers for the games and, the, and Neil's own uh, Halo Landfall, eight minutes short or whatever. If that's all we ever had, I would consider myself pretty happy because mm. it's all good content that is faithful to the universe, and I would take those little projects that we have over any giant budget shitty. Um, video game movie that just makes Master Chief that have an would evil have if any of those scripts had been yeah, made that Master Chief has an evil twin like I don't want to have to try to tell because like, you know <laughs> how many people have I met over time I've met so many people over time who are like
1: so hard to picture I've, that I've
0: watched the Warcraft movie but I haven't played the game I've watched the Assassin's Creed movie but I haven't played the game and it's like Man, I kind of hate that, like, especially if they're already gamers who haven't played those things, like, I kind of hate that your only, like, knowledge of this thing is that movie that sucked, you know? <laughs> it's the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. so.
1: Well, to be fair, I've, I've had a few friends who have seen, like, Assassin's Creed and never played the games. They don't really play games, and they, they really well, like it. Well, that's great. Worse for me, I watched and, it. Michael is my favorite actor, but I watched the movie, and I'm like, ooh, you know? Not that good. But That could, uh, have,
0: a, that could have a reverse effect where, like, if you liked the movie, like, the movie was so far removed from the game, maybe you wouldn't like the game then. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting uh, when it comes to those movie license games, or I'm sorry, uh, game license movies and all that the adaptations, because it's like we always have our perception of what we imagine it to be. It's like I've seen, like as soon as the announcement for um, Pe- Pedro Pascal coming out for uh, Joel, you know, and then Ellie, I forget the actress's name, um, but um, as soon as that came out, someone did like a sort of mock-up concept art of like them two, so, but sort of based within the vision of... Um, Joel and Ellie from Last of Us, the game, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like I feel and nothing's wrong with that. It's awesome, everyone's excited, but it's one of those things where it reminds me of how every time these things happen, people sort of we can't look outside. It always ends up differently than what we envision it, and we always sort of look in the within the box of what we know. We never kind of go out of the box of of all I that, think, and it always ends up. I think video game different. in a good way, though. Sometimes I think
0: video game movie shows. I think they're starting to get better. I really think I think we're on a good.
1: Oh, dude, I'm freaking stoked for the last. Well, episode.
0: I think we're on a good path here because, like, in my opinion, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie did a lot of justice to Sonic. I thought it was a good movie. For, as
1: far as to bro, as soon as I saw Tails, I was like, I'm here. Yeah, for this. well, and then spoiler, it was over, and I no.
0: was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Sonic was good. It's um, been a year. You know, the way that a Netflix longer. has done like the Castlevania kind of animated series was good. Mm. Uh, even I don't know. This might be a hot take, but like, because it wasn't a great movie, but that new Tomb Raider. I thought was done quite.
1: I haven't seen that. Thought yet. it was
0: done quite faithfully to the games. I thought they they. And I think it got like a fifty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which is relatively high for a uh, for a, a video game movie. Video game movie um, even like even like the Warcraft movie, which you know had a lot of bad parts in it. It was really very, very faithful to the, the aesthetics and design in that world. Um, and I feel like as as people take video games more seriously, as the people who grew up with video games get older and go into careers, and we have new avenues of telling stories like. You know, your Disney Pluses and your HBO Maxes, I think it's going to only get better. Plus, video games are starting to tell stories that, well, I guess they've been doing it for a long time, but even more so, stories that really resonate with people and are real and emotional, like, you know, um, Last of Us or God of War or um, even, you know, even Halo 4 in the way, obviously Halo 4 is very sci-fi and whatnot, but Halo 4 has such a human story at the center of it.
1: I still deserve um, it, yeah.
0: So yeah, I think it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. I don't think I don't think eight, you get eight. Alex's opinion on that. On. I think I kind of just talked
2: the whole time. I was just oh, thinking like <laughs> it was really funny to see people say like oh you know Pedro looks nothing like Joel and I'm just like Troy Baker looks nothing like Joel. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a an entirely like CG character. And uh, it feels like we're in the infancy of this discourse of understanding um, how actors work. <laughs> um this has been a thing in like in theatre for for many years, where you, you know you're recasting the same roles over and over again for these different productions and that. It's just, it, it, it's so expected, such a base part of the format, and it feels like these other formats just haven't caught up yet. So it's it's just so strange to see this become such an issue for people when it's like it just shouldn't be. It's a new interpretation. And let it be exciting for for the new interpretation was, that it is. There
0: was about twelve hours yeah, where right. I thought I might say his name wrong. But about twelve hours, I thought it was going to be Marshalla Ali. Yeah, and I was I was excited yeah. for that because he's like I loved him in Green Book, and I know he's going to be Blade. I, I,
1: I cannot wait to see him as Blade. He's in yeah, the leader, Like Bowl. I'm so excited. Yes, uh, I love the leader. But
0: yeah, I, I think there's a. It's funny because it's it's always certain types of things that really upset us because you notice how many people are are upset by the, who who played Romeo in ODST? <laughs> Do you know who played Romeo in ODST? Uh
2: Good old Nolan North.
0: Nolan North, like the one the one black dude in ODST.
2: Yeah. It's played by is White Nolan Guy. North. Oh, I didn't know that. in <laughs> the same year that he also played Sergeant Forge, We got two lots of Nolan North and the Halo
1: universe in the same year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that though. That's interesting. Yeah. Um Yeah, it is different though. It 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 bugs me too cuz I don't need them to look like the same you know what I mean? Like they don't need to look remotely close. There, I'm, it's two different mediums. It's like I'm just. Ex- I'll play the game.
0: <laughs> there are genuinely people could not have said out there that would rather have their fan casted HB or fan casted Last of Us casting, and it be a shit production, than to have it be 10-10 god tier quality, but the actor doesn't look the same.
1: Well, dude, it's just. I mean, you look at the MCU. I, I'll say this, and we'll we'll get back on Halo. But I look at the MCU stuff and i think so many of those casting announcements when they happened had people apprehensive and then you see the movies and then you see them develop and now these people are synonymous with yeah. these characters and it's like if you didn't give them the chance you would have never you would have been stuck in a box of your own expectations and desires and you wouldn't have learned that you could love this thing you know and it just Bray i mean that Larson appeals to like
0: ruined the mcu
1: Oh, Lord. <laughs> I love Larson, dude. Oh, this is—I think this is just
2: part of the larger point, right? Where it's like you can't design for what people want. You have to give people what they, you know, what what they don't know that they want. Yep. By making it, you know, something new and good and interesting, uh, and obviously there's a lot of pressure around that, but it it just t- it tells you, you know, as we've said many times, fans think inside the box entirely and you need creatives who who don't who who can see the bigger picture and that's never going to be like you know the average fan
0: also yeah, at no. what point at what point do we relinquish the the control we think we have over to the people who have proved to us time and time again they know what they're doing it's i can't think of a better uh, studio Game or movie related with a better consistent track record than Marvel right now. You know, mm-hmm. by the time you've watched 20 movies, I think I can just go, okay, they probably know what they're doing. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. One division's uh, further proving so that May eighth, um, Awakening: The Arts of Halo 4 is announced. I don't really have too much else in this about the note uh, in the notes, but I mean, I, I think I mentioned a little bit about concept art in the. Uh, as we progress and stuff. But what do you guys think of that book? I mean, like Alex, you mentioned earlier in one of the previous episodes, just how it really felt like with halo Four, the art really lent itself well in terms of consistency with how the game actually turned out.
2: I'm like. looking up at my bookshelf right now where that, uh, where that book is, uh, is positioned. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great just to see how much of the concept art in there actually literally translates into the game. Uh, and that goes back to the, um, the cinema video uh, of you know of making Four and uh, of yeah. working at 343 because they actually show a few pieces where like you uh, you zoom in on the the wreckage of the dawn on requiem it kind of zooms in on that and then it transitions to in-game and you see oh it's like it's like exactly the same and then there's another corridor in composer where uh, it, it like zooms in on the outline of that and then it shows it in the game it's like oh the lighting's exactly the same the, the shape of the corridor is like they've got it perfectly Right. Uh, so when I like look at that, even through all the the pre-production stuff, where you know they don't have any any gameplay models or anything, it, it just feels like this very cohesive kind of vision. It's like they knew very much what they wanted, like visually, out
1: of this. Yeah, and they stuck with it. It seems like yeah, absolutely. And, they committed. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? When you when the game came out, uh, the Brian in 2012 was he like, I don't care about this extra stuff, or you were like, No, I wanted everything.
0: Well. I mean, I wanted everything. I think I'm going to touch on this like real quick because I don't want to turn to a sprint thing either. But I think it's so interesting too that, that <laughs> we're going back to sprint. No, ladies no and it's not, No, I'm not going back to sprint. I'm just saying the other oh, hotly okay. contested issue about Halo is the art style. Sure. Um, and so, but I'm going to say I'm just just make a flat statement. Uh, I think all the criticisms about wanting Halo to uh, adhere to a certain art style. I think they're fair, you know, I, I think it's fair points, but I just have to say for me personally, I just, I loved Halo 4's art style, and I loved 5's, and I loved Bungie's, so I, it was never an issue for me, and this is, I don't want to sound like, because like some people do, people like to do this thing on the internet where they go, well, it didn't bother me, so none of you should be bothered either, that's, bull- <laughs> that's bullshit, like, that's not fair. I think it's very fair that you're you're bothered by it and you want and it's probably a good thing that Infinite's returning to the classic art style and I very much like Infinite's art style but it was just one of those things that never occurred to me like I'm just like Halo 4 looks great Halo 5 looks great I mean I think if I had to say I'd say Halo 5 didn't look as as, as I liked 4's design better uh, but mm. ultimately I just uh, I just enjoyed it so
2: It's a matter of perspective I think cuz I'm, I'm really looking at things like how, uh, how they clash. I'm looking at how they kind of work together. And, you know, with 4 going into that, the prospect of seeing, you know, 4 and a Constructs awakening, they are more active than we've ever seen them before. This is um, like a warrior world. It's not like... The, the world that the builders made with the halos where, you know, it's it's being done at the height of wartime with the flood and they've got to, you know, pull these things together very quickly through all their automated stuff. It's it's something that was created during the height of their, uh, of their empire. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, you know, this makes sense to me. I, I'm interested to see how they reflect this different kind of age of the universe, which really adds something to the halo universe by seeing things that are different rather than you know, copy and pasting the same kind of design corridors over and over again.
1: And I never used to like our books too, too much. But, you know, as I've gotten older, it's, it's like, essential if I really enjoyed the core experience of whatever this form of media is. Like, I love getting to see sort of the Theater of the Mind sandbox they were Mm -hmm. playing around with and seeing what kind of translated and what didn't. And it's just fun. You can all place your uh, chips on the Theater
0: of the Mind on your bingo card. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry,
0: Josh. My to be. Or pick, oh, you're good. You smart We also ass. have uh, Pick Your Brain from earlier. No. I, uh, <laughs> I think
1: I did do that. And I think I, I haven't done a chat me up yet. Uh, we will we'll have, have to design that. an actual bingo card. <laughs> <We need that. laughs> Take a shot every time. Uh, we've, we've done a hello there as well. Oh, hello there. Yeah. <laughs> um, May 14th. Uh, they said, uh, this is interesting. This was on an IGN article. You guys are going to remember this, I have no doubt, but I don't recall this at all. They said, the wait for Halo 4 has been arduous for some. Xbox 360's most significant exclusive in 2012 doesn't come out until November 6th, leaving legions of Halo fans, um, whoops, got that cut off a bit, leaving Halo fans hungry for some new information. Microsoft has obliged, in an exceptionally clever way, emailing 32 separate pieces of the same image to ardent fans of the series in messages titled, Your Piece of the Halo 4 Puzzle. The pieces were numbered X32. allowing players do to pull together their imagery on forums with all the applicable components of the puzzle. Do you guys remember this? I stayed up all night <laughs> on the Waypoint <laughs> forums
2: watching this thread unfold as each piece of the, uh, of the cover kind of came together on oh, this stuff uh, yeah. I think it must have been like half three four in the morning that, that it actually like came to fruition my eyes were just like oh <laughs> 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 but it was all worth it because I absolutely loved that uh, that that concept uh, uh, the the cover art of the game yeah
0: I, I think the I'm not I, I'm actually not sure which is my favorite so I'd have to think about it but I think there's an argument there for Halo 4's front cover being the best in the series. Uh, it's, yeah,
2: it's like that that image of, you know, you've got the the Dawn on the left side, you have got the Covenant ship on on the right. They're both being torn up by this this more of uh, of you know Forerunner technology and you have got the Chief like in the middle in this like in that epic pose and you just think, you know, this is something exciting and new, and there's going to be like anything could
1: happen. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, I think Halo Two is my favorite. Halo Three is probably my favorite game. Halo Two is probably my favorite cover, but Halo Four is this man is right there because there's so much going on, mm-hmm. but not in a way that's overwhelming on that image. You know what I mean? Like it's it pulls you in. I'm like, what's going on with all the destruction and everything that's yeah. kind of going on around?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm sure many people listening can relate to this. Like. You, you ever Are you ever, like, such a big fan of something that you think to yourself, okay, I'm probably the biggest fan of this within 100 miles. Like, I got to be. But if so you go far enough, far enough, there's probably someone out there who's a bigger fan than me. Well,
1: nobody can top that I saw Mortal Kombat Annihilation in theaters 11 times. I'm going <laughs> to no let you have that, Josh. That. You can
0: have that. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no one will contest you're you. are completely right. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: But it's kind of like... Um, when I think about like Halo Four, like for the longest time, I felt like, okay, I'm like I'm probably the biggest Halo Four fan in quite some distance. But and so then here, where we're talking about the uh, the the pieces of the front cover art coming together with Alex, I'm going, yeah. well, finally, I'm in I'm in a room now with you know digitally in a room with someone who exceeds my Halo Four fandom. You know, there's always a bigger fish, right, Josh?
1: Oh man, you got me with that Star Wars reference. <laughs> Uh yes yes and I agree with that. Um, they had to have been fun though, wasn't it, Alex? Just the fact that everyone was coming together
2: trying to figure this out. It was, it was yeah. Fun. They did the same thing with five with uh, with that cover as they you know ultimately yep. revealed Blue Team and Osiris yeah. and everything. Um, it's just a really cool way to engage people's interests. That uh, I'm sure the social media managers had a really good time kind of planning in that. Had <laughs> <laughs> been pretty damn fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna send them on a merry chase.
1: Yeah nice way to gauge kind of like interest too even though you like you know people are excited but just to see how quickly they kind of turn well I know,
0: I know we're not going to really go into depth of it here because we're talking about Halo 4 but man when when the 5 one happened and people were like is that is that blue team is that
1: yeah, yeah. is that Buck? <laughs> yeah dude man. just uh,
2: trying to identify Kelly like purely through like the thigh armor that we saw on one particular piece like it's exactly the same as it was in Escalation <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh, yeah may 16th uh they released some more halo 4 details specifically regarding the limited edition getting revealed um they it, was, it became for, available for pre-order they said for a hundred dollars you'll get a fancy looking box <laughs> i love that the ability to unlock it's like nice the ability to unlock six multiplayer specializations early a 90 minute version of halo 4 forward unto dawn and nine maps that will be released after halo 4 as well as some other bonus content The nine maps that serve as part of the limited edition will be split across three packs, each of which will apparently include three locations. Halo 4's multiplayer will be linked to the UNSC Infinity, a gigantic starship. This is where you'll be able to customize your Spartan 4s. And according to an official release, your multiplayer experience will be embedded in the fiction of Halo like never before, where your progress and game choices affect your appearance, arsenal, and role on the battlefield. Uh, did you guys... What, what edition did you guys get? Standard. I got I got that. <laughs> I got the yeah. <laughs> limited edition. Of course. You, you're pretty happy with it? Like, where does it stand in terms of uh, Halo limited edition?
2: Yeah, you know, it's pretty good. Um, it's got, um, like, Gabriel Thorne's sort of journal. Uh, it's kind of a journal. It's not quite as, like, in-depth and detailed as Halsey's, but it's got all these cool little tidbits about life on the Infinity, like um, you know, there's a cook-off and stuff like that. It's just, like, it builds this sense of kind of humanity. Um, sure around it. Um, the box is really nice. I've actually, I've still got the box myself, uh, on my, on my shelf. Um. Oh, nice. It's not quite on par with reaches and threes, I think. You know, with reach where mm-hmm. you've got that statue and then in Hero 3 you got the chief helmet. And I just think those are, like, really special kind of things to, to give to players. So, I'd probably put it about third, I think. Uh, okay. Over there.
0: Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm a what about you, Brian? I'm actually, I'm not huge on collector's editions. I just, I don't usually get too much, even though I think the items are cool, I usually don't get too much out of them. Um, I would say, like the one, for instance, like Halsey's journal was something that was so good, I had to have it. Um, yeah. Like that yeah. that appeals to me more than any statue usually. But then also I will say, and, and uh, in hindsight, I, I now have it, my wife got it for me, it's the coolest thing ever. But like when Halo 3 was coming out, You know, I was 15 when Halo 3 came. I had to have my mom come with me because it was rated M. You know, just being able to have the money to get the game and to be able to go to the midnight launch and have my mom go there with me and to be able to skip school the next day to play it, which I did. (laughs) To have all of that, I considered, I thanked my lucky stars to have that. So I never pressed for the $150 legendary edition of Halo 3, but I always in the back of my head thought, man, that helmet was really cool. And then uh, once i you know as we started sacred icon like five months into be me being married and like so halo's become a constant um i even though i talked about it plenty on my own like it's been become come a constant talk in the house because i do sacred icon so when it got to my birthday erica had known something i wanted was the master chief helmet from halo 3 mm-hmm. so uh knowing her knowing how ocd i am she managed to buy uh, somebody on ebay had got the edition just to take the game out, but they had just the helmet never opened with the original <laughs> cloth and box, and she bought that for my birthday last year. Nice. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, I think it's, I think I find that helmet ch- even cooler now than I did in 2007. It's just, it's such, mm. it's, speci- it's special to me. You know, I didn't get it uh, at launch, but it's special to me because, like, 2007 was a, a big time in my life for, just yeah. the, the excitement and just hey, the friends. And as,
1: much as, as much as I love Halo 5 as a game, um, outside of that uh, sort of collector's edition, I think in terms of games, Halo is probably one of the only series I really get excited for in terms of that kind of scale of uh, releases and stuff like that. Like the Mass Effect one I think they're doing looks pretty damn awesome. I think there's the N7 helmet or something like that, which has me pretty I assume that Alex already bought the game
2: no, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't actually because um, it would cost an extra seventy-five pounds for Ooh. delivery. Oh,
0: okay.
2: Um, which <laughs> I'm not paying two hundred pounds overall. No. That's on top of the the price of the game, which is full price. Um, yeah. To to get games that I've already got, <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah. I will be <laughs> skipping out on the collector's edition
1: there. Oh, I don't blame you. I will be too, but it looks cool. Uh, May twenty seventh. Barn leak, ladies and gentlemen. An 11-minute and 27-second video of Halo 4 multiplayer off a CRTV recorded inside a barn is leaked to the masses. Take us back, guys. What was this like?
2: I've asked, (laughs) and um, nobody I've spoken to has actually got any real kind of answers about what what really happened here uh, from 343 and Microsoft. I just remember thinking, is this... Is this real? That they, they insert the VCR tape into this ancient you know, fucking barn. Ancient television in this barn <laughs> with camcorder footage of a Halo 1 water player. It is the most brilliant leak I think that's ever been made. Tom Morello's got nothing on this. Uh, <laughs> I just I I watched it and I was like <laughs> my mind i've got no words my mind is blown even thinking about it now i'm just taken back to that feeling of like what is this
0: yeah yeah i i'm kind of with alex i i saw that you know right when it went up and I was just like uh oh, why what why i don't and i think it, i think it it, it uh, goes to show something about our our culture of like wanting to know everything so quickly because it's like Hanging, hanging on the, every letter for information is something we do till a game releases. But then once you've experienced the full picture, you kind of look back and you go, even though, even though all three of us here are probably still doing it to some extent, if not greatly. But like you, you look back after you have the product and you're, you're completely played, and you go, you know, I probably didn't need to to lose seven hours of sleep to find out to find out the Halo 4 front cover art come together. Yeah, quicker. I could have woken up the next day yeah. and
2: it would just be there for me to see.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's like you you know like what's logical and sometimes you don't you just don't care and you just you're excited. Um but That's yeah.
2: where the fanatic part of being a fan comes from Exactly. I guess. Exactly.
0: does. <laughs> <Exactly. Yep. laughs> so, but yeah, it was uh, it, it's a story and
1: uh, it's fucking and, weird. I went and rewatched that and it's just it almost the beginning of it almost looks like it's about to be a snuff film like yeah. it's in a barn and it's completely dark. And there's this television, and this person's taking, you know, a VHS, and he puts it in, and it just plays 2012 footage of a new Halo game. What the hell? Like to this day, I don't think I've ever seen people actually quite thought le- this. You know, they came together
2: and they th- this was probably some kind of marketing thing. I'm sure it must have been, oh, but people actually came together and thought. This is what we're going to (laughs) do.
1: What did you guys think of what you saw in in, uh, context of the footage itself? It's kind of hard to say
2: because you're just so taken even now with just the sheer kind of banality of
1: of what (laughs) what you're watching. Like,
0: is that hay? (laughs) The
1: picture um, of this farm was like, hey, I got some Halo 4 footage here. Let me just put this right (laughs) in.
2: Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, what's the map? I'm thinking of its original name, uh, Warhouse, but it's called something else in the game, and it suddenly left my mind. It's the one with a giant sort of mech in the middle. Mm.
1: Um, oh, I think I know what you're yeah. talking about, but I don't know the, I don't know the name as well.
2: But uh, yes, yeah, the cool multiplayer you match that where they show off I the just abilities realized, and everything.
0: I just realized how we figured this out. We need Alex to write an article about the Barn Leak, <laughs> and then he'll get he'll get to meet with the Barn Linker within 24 hours.
1: There we go. He's just as a guy with overalls.
0: It's a guy with overalls. He's like Jimmy John's. He's like, hey, I'm gonna be a little late. I gotta hurdle up the cattle, and then
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's meet first a glass of milk.
1: Eventually, like he shows up at like some Comic Con in the future when the pandemic's not new, going on. New, it's some Halo Fest or whatever, or a new Outpost discovery, and he's there in his overalls, and he gets on the mic. I bet like, it was Frank. Fuckers! It was just Frank.
0: <laughs> I'm just picturing just I'm just picturing <laughs> the header of like the header for Alex's new article. It's like I met the Bond Lika. And it's just, like, and it's Alex standing there in, like, one of his, like, Doctor Who poses with the guy who's the barn leaker, like, behind him. Beautiful.
1: His eyes are just glowing. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's just, like, everyone's impressions. He's just the nicest guy. You couldn't ask for a nicer one. If bond. anybody
0: at 343 happens to hear this this episode of the podcast and you, you want to do something extra for the marketing of infinite do a retro barn leak like do, give us yeah. <laughs> you make sure you use a vhs give us A new barn leak. yeah give us an infinite barn leak
1: that'd be cool so. what's that gonna be in the dvd player now <laughs> i don't know maybe it could even go further back it'd be like betamax or something oh god jesus that's getting really like hipsterish oh that'd be amazing uh, May 31st retailers begin revealing pre-order bonuses by way of weapon and armor skins did this affect you guys I know you guys are more campaign focused but was at this point in time were you guys like oh I gotta have have it all you know like in terms of a completionist or were you like I can do without that kind of stuff
2: I was more I could deal without it uh, I did think like okay which one's got the coolest kind of helmet that I might be interested in because they had the mm-hmm. locust helmet and the dead eye helmet um, and I really wanted the locust helmet which i think only hmv did it might have been another place here in the uk but uh, i didn't i didn't end up getting it i think i got um the br skin the arctic one i can't i can't remember oh, okay there. uh it, it wasn't really a big deal like i figured they yeah, might release can... it later on or whatever but uh, i just thought you know there's plenty of armor in the game <laughs> like surely I, oh I'm yeah there's happy. a lot
0: yeah, I I, I'm a, I I never really was too big into like the pre-order skin stuff. I actually remember I remember buying Portal 2 when it came out of launch at GameStop and it came with a like a pre-order code to let me have like special skins for the co-op mode of Portal 2. Like you I can't remember the name of those two bots in Portal 2 the co-op mode, but it was like special costumes you only got. Well, I immediately took the code and threw it up on eBay for 20 bucks. So I only had to pay $40 for Portal 2 at launch because that goes. But I was kind of, back in 2012, I was still kind of swept up in the, I was kind of loyal to GameStop, and that might sound like immediately cringy, like, ugh, GameStop sucks, because they do. But um, I was loyal (laughs) to them because of anybody who's listened to the podcast enough knows we've talked about in the past, uh, our specific GameStop, they went above and beyond the employees to spend their own time and money to make... Midnight launches. The
1: employees is what made that. Yeah, Very
0: they made midnight launches an event of in their own. They they spent their own time and money on either buying food or renting. Like they went to the dunk tank once, where we you know throw a ball to try to dunk the manager in while we're yeah. If you hate one of the managers, yeah, we were waiting for you, you know. They 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 just they went above and beyond to do that. Um. So I I wanted to be there for the midnight experiences. Um, I don't think it was until 2014 where Josh and I became. Completely disillusioned after the Shadow of Mordor ordeal, which I, I won't tell again because we've told it two or three times on the podcast, but basically just a, a, a not not fun experience with pre ordering. So.
1: GameStop had changed. Yeah, so,
0: but get your GameStop stocks though, but your stonks. Yeah, apparently. But, uh, yeah.
1: June 3rd, there was a YouTube video Halo 4 E3 2012 check in. If you guys know, if you guys hear that, you know what that means we're getting close to the E3 mm. goodness. BS Angel, Jessica Shea who's also listened to the show before. Shout out to Jessica. She brought the sizzle in this video. She said, last week we put our builds on the plane. We added the final audio to our videos. We took the last of the screenshots. A few days ago, the team started to come down and they've been working on dress rehearsals for the Halo 4 portion of the Xbox keynote. We've also been busy prepping our booth. We're so excited to show you all of the big Halo 4 reveals. We hope you were so excited to see them. And by the way, I can neither confirm nor deny that Halo 4 is opening up the Xbox <laughs> keynote tomorrow morning. I can say, however, that Halo 4 is opening up the Xbox <laughs> keynote tomorrow morning. So don't miss it. We'll see you then. Oh, man. Uh, I love Jessica. She seems great. She was uh, a fantastic was community
2: manager on Halo. I really loved the time that she was um, that she was in that role.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. She uh, It's fantastic. When she came on Twitter and then... Brian kind of made me aware of like who she was and stuff like that. Anytime I've seen her just in terms of just going through some of this stuff and then also just on Twitter in general, like, super sweetheart. Absolutely nice person. Mm-hmm. Totally an angel. Brian, uh, at this point in time when this was happening, well, actually both you guys, going into E3, we're going we're gonna to close all, out this episode talking about uh, what we saw at E3. We're about to get into that. But going into this, um, any expectations or were you guys just like cool we're gonna see halo 4 finally so let me kind of build the picture here for for you um yeah do it my
2: family had gone on holiday this was the first holiday that they had gone away and i was at home by myself just kind of you know just looking after myself because i had exams coming up for the for the summer so i was all you know in the midst of revising and that and um i gave myself one day off (laughs) in that time and of course it was going to be for the big e3 reveal yeah and I oh, just yeah. remember I was sitting down there, had my had my can of Coke, <laughs> uh, sat in my <laughs> in my beanbag with my terrible telly from like 2008, <laughs> which I still had uh, watching the the Halo for E3 reveal live uh, through my Xbox, and I just think that was like one of my favorite kind of Halo memories ever.
1: Memories, yeah. Oh, that's why I love doing this stuff for the reasons like that. I didn't see this one, uh, Brian. Did you?
0: Yeah, uh, did I mean, you watch
1: it live, or I'll, that- I'll
0: be honest. You know, my, my hype for the game was so, so high that like when I saw it, it blew me away. When I saw the E3, it blew me away. And I'm not saying it blew me away. Because, oh, like Breaking Benjamin stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not saying it blew me away because it was the greatest thing ever made. I'm saying it blew me away because I was already so deep into the hype. It was going. It was bound to. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I feel like I Loki. I'm so kind of surprised that it took me this long in life to to realize this because I feel like I was kind of late to the party. But like. I think this might have been the first time where I realized what they show at E3 is oftentimes changed so that when you play the game it won't you won't have been spoiled on the experience. That's
1: fully representative. Be- yeah, I mean, because so. when you love the end result.
0: Yeah, when you uh, when you watch this correct me if I'm wrong Alex, when you watch this um, E3 demo there it's the fourth mission in the in the jungle.
1: Yeah, and, Infinity.
0: Yeah, and it starts off with you like immediately encountering Prometheans. Whereas in the game, it's covenant, it's it's elites that you encounter. Is that uh, sure.
2: no? So it's still Prometheans that you see in the game. Um, what they do is they just flip the um, the first meeting with the Prometheans from the third mission into in, into this bit.
0: Okay, yeah, I was confused there, but yeah, it's it's basically the way it plays out in this demo is not how it's intended for the game. It's just for the show. Um, so I was when I. I don't know why this is the first time I ever known. Maybe I mean I'm guessing a lot of developers have done that at E3 showings, but it was the first time where I played the game at launch and I went, "Oh, they changed this just for the demo." So, um, but yeah, I was. Yeah, I think the demo closes with like all the Prometheans appearing everywhere, and you have Promethean vision on, and I, I was just so hyped. So hyped. I've since yeah, got to, to
2: rewatch that and like I paused it like frame by frame and they go idle when once they spawn in like you just you just don't notice it Mm. when you're there because the camera like obviously moves quite fast and there's action when the chief's moving in that but those knights all spawn in and they go into their kind of idle pose Mm. (laughs) it's just really funny to see that now (laughs) because i never noticed it for like years and years watching it
0: one of those few things only alex would notice
1: (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) that's awesome though yeah uh so yeah, we'll get right into that. June fourth at the Microsoft press conference at the Los Angeles Convention Center, guys. I got a little bit of reading to do, so cut in at any time. Interrupt me. Um, it actually opens up with this live action trailer, and this man on the podium says, "It's been four years since the yeah, <laughs> it's been four years since the end of the war, and today we send forth a vessel designed for battle. At this point, you see the shot of the Infinity, but now repurposed for peace, home to seventeen thousand of our best, our brightest." Um, at this point you see like a shot of Del Rio being called over to the war table. It says, this is the culmination of human achievement. The first time in a generation we commissioned a UNSC starship meant not to wage war, but to peacefully advance the cause of mankind through discovery of new worlds. And as this is happening, you start to see the ship exploding, crew members dying. And as you know, there's a shit ton of screaming. And as this ends, it fades to black and you hear mayday mayday. And then it cuts to the gameplay and you see, um, the Infinity Crashing, Cortana and Chief now see this as we cut into it, and you see that big orange ball in the sky, and it just takes off, and, uh, yeah, to go over this, is it cuts to gameplay in first person, I'm going to give you guys a quick overview of this, and then we're going to pick their brains, um, so there it is, Brian, we uh, see Cortana in our <laughs> heads up display, and beyond the crashed Infinity ship, um... We see Chief and Cortana make their way through this dense wooden terrain, and we come upon a pack of Covenant. And this is our first look at gameplay, and as an elite is just about to strike a Chief with the energy sword, he's like vaporized. As Cortana and Chief ponder the origin, a light off to the right blinks out of existence. Soon after, Chief comes into first contact with the Promethean Crawlers. Cortana, describing them as some kind of defense AIs, warns Chief to stay sharp. Engaging with more, the crawlers quickly begin to retreat before a Promethean knight drops onto ch- on, on Chief with its face opening to reveal an almost skeletal-like bone structure. Engaging now with the knight, it spawns a Promethean Watcher. Chief attacking, he's quickly overwhelmed as the knight spawns a shield to deflect shots, and upon throwing a plasma grenade, is quickly snatched up by the Watcher. I hate those fuckers. Hovering around the knight. It's Chief, though so not soon after they landed uh, a managed- really
2: great shot which I can just tell that they must have yeah. rehearsed time and time again yeah dude. they throw the grenade the watcher grabs it and then they kill the watcher as it spawns in the crawlers and then the grenade detonates and kills the crawlers
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he manages to take down the knight and the watcher having fleed um, and Cortana points out it having dropped something Chief picks up the Promethean light rifle and the here we get her first look at their weaponry Cortana says I recognize its design it's forerunner (laughs) in pursuit of the watcher now the duo comes into contact with more prometheans and the light rifle is put to action defeating this enemy pack chief then picks up the promethean scatter shot but no sooner than he does another knight comes flying off from his left before disintegrating under the power of the shotgun del rio cuts into the hud feed saying mayday mayday code red Hostiles attempting to gain entrance to the infinity bridge the duels pace quickening now they quickly they soon realize they're not alone amid fog they're unable to see Cortana then switches to Promethean vision mode and in the vein of Predator we see the heat signatures of crawlers. As Chief tracks the crawlers and knights forming above him, different members of the UNSC can be heard screaming at the horrors of first contact with these new enemies. As one of the chief or I'm sorry as one of the Knights lunges at Chief, a voice screams, they're everywhere!" and we cut to black. Afterward, we're shown a couple different shots of some of the landscapes we'll be seeing before seeing the image of Cortana as she says, I was put into service eight years ago. AIs deteriorate after 7. Cut to more shots of brief gameplay footage. Cut back to Cortana shouting, I will not allow you to leave this planet! That's exactly what she sounds like, by the way, guys. As the words, An Ancient Evil Awakens flashes upon the screen. Voices heard stay, saying, reclaimer. Boom! Ladies and gentlemen, right there. What did you guys think about that? Take me back to that point in time where you guys like, wow, this is better than busting a fatty. I mean, it had to have been an incredible experience to get to see this. When I rewatched this, it was amazing yeah i was like i'm ready for this game to come out now so um the immediate kind of comparison that i w- that always
2: came to mind was um you know at the start of reach where there's that army soldier who very boredly says the covenant are on reach repeat the covenant are on reach Alex and i just think that oh god anything would be better than that than that and then obviously you see this demo and then it's like oh emotive performances it's like it's like being back in halo one with all the you know the kind of the quirky marine sort of like Like the the sense of like momentum and emotion and that going on and i was just like oh i'm so taken with this already (laughs) when when del rio you know and he's like when the infinity's crashing down it's actually a different line delivery that they use in the game in the final game but here he sounds much more like panicked and, and everything. It's like, oh, this is, this is good stuff. Um,
1: yeah.
2: But of the actual sort of unfolding of the demo, they, they couldn't have chosen like a better thing to show off, I think, uh, of, of this game. Um, yeah has this kind of debut look into, you know, the weapon sandbox, uh, getting our brief glimpse at the light rifle and uh, and the scatter shot. <laughs> you know, when he first picks it up and assembles in his hand and you see that animation for the first time, it's like, Oh, this is yeah. <laughs> I wanna I wanna use that.
1: <laughs> it looks fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, just the way how they sort of, like, escalate everything, how it unfolds. And then how it ends with that really cool trailer. The glimpse at, uh, you know, these huge epic environments. Banshees flying around and um, Prometheans in, uh, in various locations. Cortana completely losing it. And then the Didact at the end. It's just, <laughs> it, it was like everything. Chills. Yeah, it was like ticking every single box that I, I wanted to see of this game. And every single box that I wanted the game to do.
1: Yeah, dude, that was straight fire to me. I'm like, at that, that's. I always talk about having that Halo moment for for me when I'm like, Halo. When I watched it, that was it for me. If I had been there in 2012, I think I honestly would have had to like go to message boards right after and just. See what everyone was thinking about this, and just get involved. Uh,
2: I was it. so glad that this opened the show because I, you know, I wouldn't have paid attention to anything else.
1: I was going to say, what did you do after? Were you like, okay, that's enough? I'm going to go talk about Halo stuff. Yeah, I, I,
2: I did watch the rest of the uh, of the thing, but uh, I, my my mind for the next hour was still just Halo, Halo, Halo. Halo. Yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah,
0: back in our archives, we have an uh, an episode of uh, the episode where we watched. The Halo Infinite gameplay um, live reveal and yeah. it's, it's, it's it's one of our oddball episodes because we didn't want to release it as an actual episode because it's really poor quality because after Josh and I watched the Halo Infinite opening Josh continues to try to put on a show while I just talk about Infinite through the rest of the whole thing
1: and I'm well to be fair I was excited for to see what they were going to show off and at that point Brian was just like yeah little, almost like, literally like you Alex he's like okay Halo, I'm ready to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, jo- Nothing else can be as high as this. Josh would be like, totally um,
0: makes sense. Uh, Josh would be like, yeah, so they're revealing a new fable, and I'd be like, dude, I can't wait to throw fusion coils. I'd be like... <laughs> it's, just, it's just a bad, That's true. bad episode uh, there, because of me, totally. But um, no, two things I'll, I'll comment on. One is, yeah, people were really... Um, Alex mentioned the the weapons assembling in your hand. That was something people talked about a lot Back then, obviously, now it's something that, that never gets brought up because it's so commonplace, I guess, since it's been years. But pe- it, people, yeah. I was like, whoa, like, holy, that thing assembles in your hand. Like, that's so neat. That's so cool. Some people didn't like it, of course. You're always going to have that. Um, but, yeah, that was really neat. Uh, but the thing I just kind of, just listening to you talk, Josh, about it, and I'm thinking about, you know, the, just almost chills when I I watched that trailer and, like, when Cortana's screaming. I'm like, this looks emotional as heck. I love this. This looks like... They're doing, Bold, new direction. And there's just so many, it's not just Halo. There's so many games and movies where you, you want them to go, go somewhere with it. And they never seem to do it. And you're just like, why don't you go there? That's so interesting. And Halo 4, it seemed like they were going there. And then I played the game and I'm like, they went there. Thank <laughs> they you. went there. Yeah. And I know that like in this, out of this trio of people, Alex is for sure the harshest on reach. I love Reach, but I will say there's something about Reach, it almost seems intentional. The game is so, I can't think of a better word that seems negative. It's so, it's very purposefully bland, Reach. Mm-hmm. You know, the it's got this very singular, simplistic approach, and it's a very quality game, and I really love it. I love Reach. But uh, it didn't
1: scratch the same desire like what 4 was doing. It was so much... You feel like at that point in time, you were just ready to see what was next?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was... Not really
1: go back, necessarily, but kind of just go forward. Yeah, I
0: mean, and Alex has already touched on it. Like, you know, it, reached, reached, and it also kind of it messed with the lore and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah. you know, with Halo, I kind of felt like, you know, when I finished Halo 2, I was like, wow, that was a lot. A lot going on there, a lot to take in. So hyped for Halo 3. Now, ultimately, Halo 3 was great. I would say it didn't disappoint me. But... I did expect more from Halo 3's narrative at the time. Um, Halo 3 very simplistically and, and, and somewhat elegantly landed the, the plane of that that arc. No
1: wonder why I like it so
0: much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was kind of, in a sense, the smart approach for them, especially when many felt that they made large mistakes on 2. Um, so 3, you know, they, they carefully landed that plane, but, but 3 didn't satisfy me narratively in the way that 2 had. And then you get... ODST, which is fun, and then you get Reach, which is also fun, but you still I still kind of felt like I was longing for that deep narrative experience that I got.
2: High, right? For, yeah. for the kind of like the elevated feelings that you'd get from from like Halo 2. Exactly. Like and, completely out there.
0: Exactly. And and then I got it again in Halo 4. And that was just it was like, wow, i you know, I'm I'm this is amazing. I'm back. So when I just think of collectively Halo 4 as a whole i'm just i'm still blown away at this moment that it was a first effort by a new studio and that it all coalesced so well to get you know nothing's perfect but in a in a in a very broad sense it was like halo 4 was perfect like it was it had great soundtrack great story it looked amazing it had uh, you know the multiplayer was a blast i loved it and honestly i i didn't really even concede to the conversation about the multiplayer being an issue until it had become such a hot topic. And I said, okay, you know, there's points there. But I just love the game. I'm still just shocked by it. And just the story, the characters,
1: This, st- it, it was amazing. You can see why they opened up the keynote with this because, wow, did it set the tone, did it set <laughs> yeah. the stage. And, I mean, the whole part was showing Cortana, like, you know, I'm not going to allow you to leave the planet. And then, the, you know, long have I dreamt of this day. And it's like, that's for me, like, I love those Halo moments too when you're like, okay, what is going on? Yeah. You know, when they give you just enough. To make you like question everything. That's so yeah, exciting and it's so inviting. I don't know if it,
0: it, it certainly seemed like they were extremely confident. So either they were, which is what I would bet on, or they were faking it really well
1: button you know, <laughs> yeah right. I, I definitely got a uh, little bit about that in my notes for the next episode is that is
0: that about conclude this episode josh
1: yeah that's where we'll probably that's probably a good stopping yeah. point mm-hmm. for this one but yeah guys uh so after that we'll get into we're in june now so we're going to be working our way up to november and getting to the release i can't wait to hear these guys' uh experience of just playing the game for the first mm-hmm. time and then brian's gonna run us through the campaign uh, we're gonna Kind of have a little breakdown of the levels themselves. Uh, really great chance for Alex to kind of talk about some of the lore stuff. I will learn a lot in those episodes. I have no doubt, and uh, and then probably uh, talk about some Spartan Ops story and potentially do a and A with you guys. So, but uh, more on that. I think,
0: we... Yeah, thinking about it, I'm like, I actually think this might be one of the few. Experiences where the game only kept getting better all the way to launch, and then I played it. I played it, and it also kept getting better when I played it. <laughs> I mean, there was
1: there was never. It's wonderful to. Have
0: there was really never. Yeah, there was really never a hiccup or a, or a down point. It was nothing just was all
2: taken the way. away in that sort of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know guys we we really enjoy talking about Halo 4 there's there's just a lot to impact there was a very special time in, in Halo's history and we're
1: I love these moments because you really like when I was hearing you Alex talk about sitting there in your bing bad chair and in front of the TV and, getting, and meeting Neil and stuff like that and then just all the conversations I know I've had with Brian over the years as he's told me his stuff I love sort of regurgitating those conversations because it's like That's why I love it, is because those memories and time. Like Alex said, love talking, going through this stuff like that for being a
0: fanatic, you do ridiculous things. Uh, Sad truth, I never could keep track of the exact day of my dad's birthday. I always knew it was early November, but his birthday is November sixth, and I never. (laughs) I've never once forgotten his birthday because it was the day Halo 4 came out, which is oh. so bad. <laughs> That's funny. But, but, you know, when oh. you're a fanatic, that kind of stuff happens.
1: Thanks, Halo. Yeah.
0: But, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we uh, look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Um, if you want to follow Josh, he is at Jovial Joshi. I am at Brian's Bane. Alex is at Heruspis. Uh If you want to check out his blog at heruspis.blog. Uh, best place to Do catch up with us is uh, at Sacred Icon Pod on Twitter. You can send us an email at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to run by the patron and get some extra bonus stuff, you can go to slash sacrediconpodcast. Uh, so thank you so much for joining all of us today on the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. Peace, guys.